Breakfast trays came rolling along. The faint aroma of coffee and oatmeal seeped into the corridors, as if apologetically asking permission to push aside the aura of antiseptic severity, promising that the intrusion would be only temporary. Nurses holding sterile hypodermic syringes hurried into the rooms of surgery patients, giving the preliminary quieting drug which would allay apprehensions and pave the way for the anesthetic. Loretta Trent sat up in bed and smiled wanly at the nurse. I feel better, she proclaimed in a weak voice. Doctor promised to look in this morning right after surgery, the nurse told her, smiling reassuringly. He said I could go home, the patient asked eagerly. You'll have to ask him about that, the nurse said. But you're going to have to watch your diet for a while. This last upset was very, very bad indeed. Loretta sighed. I wish I knew what was causing them. I've tried to be careful. I must be developing some sort of an allergy. Chapter 2 Out of the Trent residence, set in its spacious grounds, reminiscent of a bygone era, the housekeeper was putting the finishing touches on the master bedroom. They say Mrs. Trent will come home today, she said to the maid. The doctor asked her nurse, Anna Fritsch, to be here, and she has just arrived. She'll stay for a week or two this time. The maid was unenthusiastic. Just my luck. I wanted to get off this afternoon. It's something special. It was at this moment that a pair of hands hovered briefly over the wash bowl in a tiled bathroom. A trickle of white powder descended from the vial into the bowl. One of the hands turned on a water faucet, and the white powder drained down the waste pipe. There would be no more need for this powder. It had served its purpose. Over the spacious house was an air of tense expectancy as various people waited. Boring Briggs, Loretta's brother-in-law, Diane, his wife, Gordon Kelvin, another brother-in-law, and Maxine, his wife, the housekeeper, the maid, the cook, the nurse, George Egan, the chauffeur. Each affected differently by the impending return of Loretta Trent. They collectively managed to permeate the atmosphere with suppressed excitement. Now that the morning surgery was over and the surgeons had changed to street clothes, there was a lull in the activities at the Phillips Memorial Hospital. The patients who had been through surgery were in the recovery room. The first of them, recovering from the more minor operations, were beginning to trickle through the corridors, eyes closed, faces pale, covered with blankets as they were wheeled to their respective rooms. Dr. Ferris Alton, medium height, slim-waisted despite his fifty-eight years, walked down to the private room of Loretta Trent. Her face lit up as the doctor opened the swinging door. The nurse looked over her shoulder and, seeing Dr. Alton, moved swiftly to the foot of the bed, where she stood waiting at attention. Dr. Alton smiled at his patient. You're better this morning? Much, much better, she said. Am I to go home today? You're going home. Dr. Alton said, but you're going to have your old nurse, Anna Fritsch, back with you. I've arranged for her to have the adjoining bedroom. Technically, she'll be on duty 24 hours a day. I want her to keep an eye on you. We shouldn't have let her go after that last upset. I want her to keep an eye on your heart. Mrs. Trent nodded. Now then, Dr. Alton went on. I'm going to be frank with you, Loretta. This is the third gastroenteric upset in eight months. They're bad enough in themselves, but it's your heart that I'm concerned about. It won't stand these dietary indiscretions indefinitely. You're going to have to watch your diet. I know, she told him, 
but there are times when the spiced food tastes so darn good. He frowned at her, regarding her thoughtfully. I think, he said at length, when you're more yourself, we'll have a series of allergy tests. In the meantime, you're going to have to be careful. I think it's only fair to warn you that your heart may not be able to stand another of these acute disturbances. Chapter 3 The hands and the powder had done their work. The way had been paved. The preliminaries were all out of the way. Loretta Trent's life depended upon a woman she had seen only once, a woman whose very existence she had forgotten about, and this woman, Virginia Baxter, had only a vague recollection of Loretta Trent. She had met the older woman briefly ten years ago, as a matter of routine. If she tried, Virginia could probably have recalled the meeting, but it was now entirely submerged in her mind, buried under the day-to-day -day experience.